it feels like weeks ago already, but I think it was two weeks ago now. I went to CES and you and I talked about it. We decided we would again try some new content and play around. And this is my first time going to CES. The the conference is huge. It's like 150,000 people. It takes over a third of Vegas. It's like the whole com- uh, conference center they have there and four or five hotels. And I'm I'm being generic without having it in front of me, but it is like that size of a conference. I honestly didn't realize it was in multiple hotels. Yeah. I thought it was just in the one big, like they have the one big kind of like conference center. I thought it was just in there, but it's in multiple hotels. Wow. Yeah, it was multiple hotels and the entire new uh, convention center. That's the word I want. That's the, yeah, because it's like the, I forget what it's called, but they have a couple other things in there. So it's actually expanded outside of that as well. Yeah. The convention center itself looks like an airport. Yeah, it's humongous. So I've been in there for one thing. It was it was it was right after it was years ago, but it's huge. It's gigantic. So I did a I did a search last night. Um, couldn't sleep, so I figure, well, let me let me answer a question I have in my head. And the question was, when did this conference actually start? I didn't realize it's from 1967. It's 53. Really? Yeah, 53, 53 years old. Uh, 1967, New York City. It was a spin-off of the Chicago Music Show, which sounds like a musical, but it's not a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to have like transistor radios and you know phonographs and black and white yeah. TVs and like that was the fancy. Well, I mean, tech you go back day, that right? far, it would even be like, here's a refrigerator. You don't need exactly. your ice box anymore. Here's this fancy thing you can plug into the wall, and it'll just keep your milk cold. Right, like your first uh, dishwasher or your first, um, you know, wash machine for your clothes. Yeah. Like things you wouldn't even think of yet, right? In, uh, and I, I guess I've heard about it for years. You've probably heard CES too, oh, but yeah. it really didn't fit in the domains of where I was working in technology. So I never went. I just kind of knew about it. In, uh, in, in the 80s, it got bigger because now we had games and we had computers coming along. So you had like the Commodore 64, you had the Nintendo Entertainment Systems. Like this was the big thing that was showing yeah. up. The other cool thing is it was twice a year, which again, I didn't know this. It, was, it moved in around 1978 to 1980, somewhere in there. It moved to Las Vegas for the winter and Chicago for the summer. Hmm. So... Nice planning. Two nice places to go yeah. in the right time of year. Yeah. And uh, it stayed like but, that. I mean, but the funny thing the is, is like Vegas gets sneaky cold. Like a lot of people think Vegas, Vegas gets is just really warm. But y- if you're in the desert at night, it might get warm during the day, but it can get super cold at night. It was really cold when we were there. It was uh, 30s, just under 30s at night. I mean, it was cold. Uh, we kept forgetting our jackets during the day, so the jackets were nice and warm in the closet while yeah. we were outside freezing trying to get a cab. So it was uh, perfect. You walk yeah. out at, you know, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, the sun's up, you're like, oh, this isn't so bad at all. And then come 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and that sun comes down, and all of yeah. a sudden you're you're begging somebody for a jacket. Yep. During the afternoon, it would get close to the 50s, and that wasn't bad because if you were in the sun with no breeze, it was enjoyable enough, right? You're not yeah. putting shorts on, but it was enjoyable enough. But yeah, cold at night and uh, not what I expected. I was hoping to get away from the, the New York winter 
Yeah. And go wear a pair of shorts for a week, but no, that was not the case. Not so much. How was uh, how was the the teardown of the F1 stuff? Because they just had the F1 race there month ago, two month, months month ago now. I guess was something? it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it all kind of back on. to normal? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good. Good yeah. for them. I think that's a whole nother discussion we could have at some point. Uh, a friend of mine who I work with is really into F1 and cars, and yeah, you know, he's a converted converted fan. It wasn't something he used to watch, but he watched some of the movies that have been out lately. Oh, and then the he Drive to Survive, man. They got lots of like, people. Yeah. And he's like, I like this. This is good. Yeah. And uh, he said it did not go well for for Vegas for that. Like um, it, was, it was the I'm a pretty big F1 fan. The for a first year in a new city, it it, 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 it had its problems for sure. Um there, there was definitely some issues leading up to it, but um, the actual race itself was actually really good. Okay, so the race was good. Just yeah. to... the lead up to it, they had some issues in in free practice one where they sucked up a, a manhole cover, <laughs> and like they didn't finish racing until four a.m. and it was wow. it was a very very strange kind of deal. But um, yeah, that's uh, really really cool stuff there though. Yeah, I would have been... gone. Yeah, it would have been fun to be there in person and and watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I honestly so yeah, didn't nothing, realize that. You didn't uh, see anything like it was like it had never been there. Yeah, I honestly didn't realize that CES was was twice a year though. I only ever hear it's about it. It's not anymore. Oh, it's not anymore. Okay, so it's that was anymore. just the okay. Because like they only so, I only so, ever hear about it once a year. Correct. <laughs> so if I finish that timeline I had on there, about two thousands or so. It decided, okay, we're going to change. We're gonna, just going to go to Vegas. And they host only in Vegas now. Then, obviously, we had all the things we see today. It started to get smarter and smarter. Smarter, theoretically. <laughs> right? it, it added more tech, more things we're doing. IoT, automation, automotive. Um, they had heavy equipment there. Yeah. Uh, medical devices, home automation. You know, uh, you still have... Um, more computers. They had new laptops, things like that. They had a really cool gaming laptop where, kind of like your new monitor, they created a laptop that has fold-out side screens. Hmm. So you could create a wraparound, but on your laptop. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few attempts at that with, like, the, the dual monitors on, on, on not both at sides, CES, yeah. but, like, where, you know, they have, like, clip-on things and... It, yeah. It looks really good when you see it on a picture up. The problem is that it it doesn't fold up very well. And right. so it's like, oh, well, I can have a dual monitor set up for my laptop when I'm traveling. But I also need a separate bag to be able to take it all with me. Right. It reminds me of, so you remember, and you, you probably don't remember. <laughs> the, You're about to age yourself, Dan. I'm going to age myself. So the <laughs> Apple IIc computer was like the first mobile computer that came out. Yeah. It had a handle on it like a suitcase, and it was like carrying a briefcase. But this was a mobile computer. The thing was huge. Now, that kind of fold-up monitor makes me think of the same thing. It's good, Like you said, it needs another bag, or it's going to come with a, 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 a shoulder strap. <laughs> Or a yeah. big handle on it, right? Yeah. Uh, the idea is really cool, but I don't... Unless you're going to your friend's house to play a game, so it's down the street, I don't think it's going to work or make sense.
Well, talking about electronics and uh, inter- interesting IoT devices, my uh, alarm just went off in my house, and All right. I, I had to go. Uh, had to go turn it off. Was that because you're in the house now and it didn't know what to do with it? <laughs> no, we uh, accidentally opened up a door before we uh, before we turned it off. But, oh, before uh, you turned it off. Know, mm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good time. At least you know it works. Yeah, don't want the uh, don't want the police showing up. They're like, hey, like we got a we got a phone call and. And you end up with cuffs in front of your own house. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the thing with, with like the secondary monitors, you know, to me, the pro tip now, use your iPad. Yeah. And it works the, really the, well. You know, the one of the things that I love, well, it's a pro and a con about the, the lovely Mac ecosystem, is a lot of these things play really nicely together. Like you can just set your Mac or your iPad next to your Mac. And then your mouse can just travel over to it. Yeah. I and found that accidentally. I thought that was It's awesome. amazing. That was, yeah. And I use it whenever I travel. That's actually what I use as my second monitor now. Like you can do where you actually connect the two and have it be a, a true second monitor where you can drag and drop things across. But the iPad apps have gotten pretty good where I'm just using it. I can bring my mouse over. I can pull up slides. I can pull up you know, sheets or whatever, and yep. be able to, to work it that way. And it's a, it's just a really good secondary computing device for trying to get things done. Yeah. And I, and by keeping them separate, like you said, I love that the mouse goes back and forth and it allows you to kind of divide and conquer with tasks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're not trying to work two keyboards. And, and that part's great. Also saves you some space if you don't have a lot of space where you're working. Yep. Yep. And you can, yeah, I know we, we talked about this a little bit the other day, but I'm really hoping and trying to get to really living the iPad life and for traveling to really only take that with me and not have to take my gigantic MacBook Pro. That yeah. weighs a, uh, a ton. The, the funniest way I've heard someone describe it before, it's a brick of obligation. It's that just have this like, gigantic it, yes. brick. You have to just <laughs> drag along with you. And, you know, 90% of the time, I don't need that processing power. Right. When I'm sitting here at my, at my office, yeah, of course I do. But, you know, if I'm sitting in, in a, you know, a meeting or something, talking to someone, I may need, you know, a presentation app. I may need my email be able to answer text messages or something like that and a couple other apps and it's usually going to be pretty good pretty good yeah i agree um i went to nrf conference right after ces you know why stop i was already on a roll just keep going man and who needs sleep who needs any of that just just roll right from one to the next one we're dead yeah (laughs) so i came home I, I washed my clothes, refilled the bag, and I decided the same thing you said. Okay, let's try, because at least it's in New York and I'm in New York. So worst case, if I really screwed myself, I'll quickly go home, get my laptop, and come back. I grabbed my remarkable notepad, because I like that for writing, because it has no distractions. And I grabbed my iPad, and I did exactly like you said. I was able to go through three days of the conference, Sunday to Tuesday, Tons of meetings, tons of conversations with people, notes, and never once did I go, oh, I wish I had X. I was able yeah. to work on 
email and chat, which is easy. You can do that on your phone, but I was also able to work on a couple decks I needed to look at. I was able to bring up content and research I needed. We could get to everything I needed to get to. I don't think there was one thing where I said, I wish I had my laptop because I couldn't edit something, read something, you know, find something on the share drive, anything. Yeah. And the company I work for now is a Microsoft shop. So I figured, okay, Microsoft doesn't really like Apple and back and forth. They have their own rivalry, right? Everything worked perfect. Every tool that they had worked on there. And I appreciate that from both companies that right. they, they stop arguing with each other and the, the software worked. Um, they, they all know they have the Roman monopoly and they're, they're in pretty good shape. Nobody's <laughs> going to be knocking them off top of the hill anytime soon. Yeah. And, and that's the, that I think is the beauty of kind of where we are generally with technology right now is everything has gotten so much better. The quality and the portability yeah. of just about everything has just leaps and bounds ahead of where it was 10 years ago. I mean, I remember back to 2015, 2016, using some of these tools and trying to travel mm -hmm. and to, you know, be able to do anything on mobile. I mean, iPads were, I mean, they were, they were a thing, but they weren't really a thing at that point. So you were constantly right. using your, using your laptop. And cause that was the thing that you had to do if you wanted to really interact and you wanted to really do a lot of these things. Now, gosh, there's so much you can just do on your phone. Yeah. And the phones are getting bigger. So it's like a mini laptop anyway, you know, it's a mini <laughs> iPad. <laughs> there, I mean, I used to have a couple of those phones and like the, the, I had the Samsung note. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like you were holding this iPad up to your face. It was, yeah. it was honestly kind of ridiculous. Yep. Um, as we get better with, I guess this was the, the theory behind it. As we got better with headphone technology, wireless technology, and then basically isolating, which actually the, the Mac does really well lately. I'm noticing with the new um, audio and video um, additions, it's like no, uh, voice isolation, yeah. background noise cancellation and stuff like that. Uh, the better that gets, then theoretically, to what you just said, theoretically, I should never need a phone. I should be able to do it through the watch, an iPad, um, and just leave it in my pocket and then talk on my headphones. But I still have all of the clarity of sound, both for myself talking and as well as hearing, right? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Who knows? Well, with, with everything, you know... You don't hear people use this kind of terminology anymore, but you used to. You used to have like the thick client versus the thin client. And, yeah. and now just everything is just just web first. And I think that's really mm -hmm. what has pushed a lot of things. Well, web first isn't the right, right way to put it. It's API first. So whether you're building yeah. like a Mac app, an iOS app, a web app, whatever, you have that same kind of API layer under the hood and it makes it so yeah. much more extensible into all of these other areas where you're not having to rebuild all of these things multiple times over. And you can kind of say, well, look, like I can now have a curated experience for each of these with that kind of common layer underneath the hood. Yeah. It's the, the truly separation of the glass that the person's interacting with and the consistency of the backend systems. 
yeah. which we really haven't had. We've been working on for years, but we haven't had to the the consistency that we're starting to see. That's you know, right. You can now download that app onto your mobile device, and you can expect a lot of the same features where it used to be. And we're way off topic, you know. Um, well, I mean, we, this is this is this is all tech. I mean, I think in the end, well, our whole you know. te- our whole podcast is tech, right? But yeah. you used to download the mobile app and get half of the. Come features on, Dan. We then... talk about whatever we want here, and just you know, like. <laughs> I know, people don't realize that we talked for almost two hours before we decided to start doing this That's because right. we enjoy, you know, we enjoy talking about all of this. We enjoy going through the things we do, um, but to the phone. I'll throw this one out. We'll start here. This is a different spot, though. They had this really cool device. I know I shared a link to it, and it was the Rabbit. And I think it was called Rabbit A1, maybe, or something. R1. Rabbit R1 was a device that they had. And it's an AI-powered device that is leveraging a lot of what we're seeing for, you know, generative chat, generative AI. And... It, it's based off large action models, right? It's the idea of being able to talk to it as if it was an assistant helping you and do almost anything. So if you go watch the videos, it's stuff like, um, I don't even know if you give it a name. I'm used to talking to the little device in the house, right? <laughs> so, so maybe you can give it like, ask Jeeves. I can give it a name, you know? Jeeves, hire me, you know, get me a, a car, you know, rent, uh, call up Uber, get me an Uber. Or order me dinner or tell my next meeting that I'm going to be late. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be able to talk to it and it learns how you work. And after it starts to learn how you work, it starts to create shortcuts. It's like IFTTT, but now it does it on its own. I don't have to go figure out how to script it. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I think a lot of these kind of devices are... I can see why people are doing them, but I, I don't know if we've solved the problem of the devices we've had in our house now since when did, when did they come out? It was like 2016-ish, 2017, when kind of the, the year of the, you know, the in-home listening device. Yeah, where it really and, started to become popular, right? Yeah, but the problem, the problem with all of these things is how do you actually describe it well enough for it to do something that you actually want it to do? And here's a great example. I've been messing around with like Dolly and other things, the image creation tools, which are super fascinating, but you have to provide incredibly long descriptions of exactly what you want for it to get even close. And it's still only in a, it's still only 80% of maybe what you had envisioned in your head. When I think of some of these like AI assistants, what is it really going to do that is going to save me a bunch of time and not just change it to, I have to have this incredibly long, complicated prompt to get it to do whatever I want it to do. Right. You spend more time creating the prompt than if you just went and did the work yourself. Yeah. And some of the simpler things, you don't really need AI for like, Hey, I want to take a note. Like, and this is something that I'm trying to actually find a a good solution for. So anybody out there that has a good one, I'd love to hear it. I I've been doing a lot more running lately to try to clear my mind and all of those kinds of things. And 
I want to take, I, I end up f- thinking of something and then I want to take a note and remind myself of it later. And like, I've tried to use like Apple notes and I've tried to use some other things, but it doesn't dictate very well. Yeah. And when I think of like that AI assistant, Oh, Hey, like I want you to do this for me. Or even if you do something a little more complicated, it starts to kind of fall apart of, Hey, I want you to order me lunch. Well, right. I want you to order like, you know, Chinese takeout. I want, like, and you've got to get incredibly specific around all, like, and then there's a, like, if you ever ordered on, you know, Uber Eats, there's a million options for everything. How do you yep. know what those things are? And I don't know. I guess I've, I'm, I don't think we've solved that particular challenge yet, which is going to make some of that stuff useful. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun for us, like, super nerdy tech folk to go in and play with it and to have it do these fun little things. But is mass adoption going to get there? And I still think a lot of people are going to be still a little weirded out. Cause like a whole bunch of people went and bought the Google device and the Amazon device and everything else. Yep. But the vast majority of people don't use it for almost anything. I, like, I have them are going to use it for 99% of what it could actually yeah. do. I mean, all, the only thing I use mine for is literally to play music. And, yeah. and that's, that's it. Like, hey, like, play some music for me. And outside of that, there's not an awful lot to, to ask it that I think I it think, could actually do. I, I think I agree with you. Um, for most of what you were going through there, the, the problem is going to be a limitation of data. So the large language models, right? Yeah. So the, yeah. the ability to have the data to do logical reasoning and then putting the, I think it's called an angelic, but it's like action model on top of it that yeah. makes it smart enough to know how to do reasoning. Because the problem is the lack of reasoning, not the lack of data. You're giving it. So, so the first thing, and this is where I think this, this rabbit is kind of cool as they try to do it. It's going to fail for a while because there's, not enough and not enough connected systems and not enough logical data for it to make decisions from right. right but if it connects to my phone and it watches how i use my phone so i'm going to travel next week for work and i go yeah. travel for work and it watches that i set my alarm in the morning at a certain time so i have just enough time because i have to do my hair right so i of need course, to get up yeah. 15 minutes before i leave <laughs> And uh, I just want enough time to put some clothes on, grab my bag, and go out to the car to go to the airport. Like, the beauty of having no hair, right? I have yeah. 15 minutes, I'm out. And it watches that. Now, let's say it monitors um, that I get an Uber when I get to the other side of my flight. Or I like to make sure I download a certain type of music every time I seem to get on the plane. Or I download an audio book, because most of the time I'll grab a book for a long flight. Yeah. So it grabs me a book. Or, so as it's learning these models, it should theoretically be able to either do it for me or recommend. Or now if I say, now if I say, hey, I'm traveling tomorrow, you know, set up my schedule. It automatically should know, okay, set the alarm for 345 in the morning because the flight's at four because I have access to your Delta flight. So I yeah. know you fly Delta. Yeah. Here's your flight information. Here's your alarm I, I checked ways and there's going to be traffic and I know there's traffic. So here's your adjustment. Um, you always text the driver for the phone number of your driver in case they don't show up. 
So I've already I've already sent a text over to Tommy to let him know, hey, who's driving me tomorrow morning? Yeah. I, at 3.30 in the morning, I don't want to be looking for somebody. Like All of those little tasks you take, this is where I think AI gets... And I know I'm on a soapbox now because this is cool. But this is where I think AI changes how we work. It's not replacing us. It's getting rid of all these little things that make us think. Now, and a whole different topic to that is if we use it correctly... You should have all of that brain power to bring back to now think about the hard things. Yeah. The failure right. would be if people do all of this and then go play games all day because now they don't use all that extra time for something really, you know, earth cha- uh, earth shattering, something that's, you know, going to change the way we are in the future. Uh, history is not a good indicator of the future from that perspective. I know. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I think that is a... That is the that is the future everyone's hoping for is that I can it can pull all of that stuff together and be able to be helpful like that. And, you know, I I guess I I still am. I'm still a bit dubious and we'll see because it's like I've had bad interns before. And if it's Mm -hmm. the dumb intern problem like that is that's just no good. It's no good. But eventually you can take that dumb intern and you can turn him into someone useful. And then you promote them and you turn them into really great leaders. But like at some point we were all a young, dumb idiot. So, right. And you know, that to me is the, you know, it's just getting over that ledge is going to be the thing that is, you know, who can do it? Like who can have access to the data? Cause like you said, Oh, well I need to know your Delta flight. I need to know who your driver is. I need to know where you live and where you're going. I, it's gonna have a there's lot an awful of lot of information that you're going right. to have to be able to pull together in one way or another. And it's either centralization of massive amounts of data, which is scary for a lot of people, or it's yeah. building tons and tons of connections between kind of subsystems. And I, yeah. I, I think we'll get there. It's just going to be when and how much. And I mean, at yeah. that point, we may just have our AI overlords and we... we you know, just hope they don't kill us all. Hopefully we're going by the time that happens, <laughs> right? Um, the security part's interesting and a, a conversation that I know you and I have talked about. It's on our list. And that's where things like Web 3.0 and blockchain and a lot of other these thing, other things yeah. people are doing for ownership of your own data, I, I think, come into play. And I haven't even looked at this, but I'm curious if that's being plugged into some of, of this model. I also think a centralization of data is really dangerous for that same reason, because this is going to have access to a lot of things that I do and know my life more than I want anybody to know. Yeah. Because if somebody wanted to kind of track you, and, and I don't mean track like where you're going, but overall, you know, somebody's trying to do identity, steal your identity, things like that. This is yeah. one place to hack. They don't have to go That's hack right. 100 sites anymore. They just have to hack this one site. So the security risk in here is huge. Yeah. There's also, you know, from a tracking perspective, what if your insurance company figured out that, oh, well, hey, well, I can get all this information about you. I know all kinds of things about you. And right. now I can actually build a risk profile about you. Oh, well, you drive up, you know, I-95 a lot. Yeah. And I, you know, well, based on that, we know that there's lots of crashes on there between, you know, wherever and wherever. Drive, right. And yep. 
So we know you're at a higher risk of these types of things. So we're going to jack up your rates. Or, I mean, it can get yep. way more complicated than that, but yep. you, you just never know. So during in the automotive section for CES, we spent a lot of time there because uh, the company that I work for, right, we do a lot of um, car autom automotive um, components. Anything from the cameras to the IoT sensors, a lot of really cool stuff that we work on. And it's just amazing where that technology is going. Yeah. One of the things that scares me is exactly what you said. We went to a couple vendors talk to talk to that were monitoring everything you were doing in the car because we build those systems. I can monitor when you look away from the road. I can I have cameras that are watching to see who in the car is doing what. Like it, you have no privacy in the car. Yeah. So our cars are going to start knowing every little thing. Forget about if you look tired. Literally, you just look down at your phone for a second or you want to change the radio. Yeah. It also monitors where you go, how, many how much mileage you, you put on the car, things like that. So to your point, if I'm giving that to my um, insurance company, because they're going to give me a, a better rate, fine. Most of the time, it's not. They're going to use that against me is how I see that. Well, that's how they would so, sell it. Oh, just give right. us your information and we'll, you know, I, I, that's happening right safety. now. I have yeah. my, you know, I have a, I have a toy, Toyota Tundra that I bought and comes with an app and all of these other things. And it's like, do you want to share your driving information with your insurance company? You might be able to get better rates. <laughs> yeah, I might. Like, but I don't think not. I want to share yeah. all of this information with anybody. Exactly. So they tell you it's for safety and it is That's right. right. I want to know if you're tired driving or something else like it is for mm -hmm. safety. Right. The problem is in society today, everybody's looking to make money off something. So unfortunately, it's not going to be for safety. It's going to be for an insurance company to say, oh, you look away from your you look away from the road and at your phone an average of 20 times per 15 minutes in a drive. Yeah. So we put you in this high risk profile. So your yeah. rate went from 100 to 500, you know? Yeah. You brake too hard. You accelerate too quickly. Um, yep. There's a, a another thing that they're trying to push through around, you know, a lot of these things are based in good, like there's good intention behind it. We don't want people, I mean, there's lots of people that die every year in car accidents. Like we don't want any of that. But there's, yep. you know, how do you detect if someone's drunk? How do you, like, all of those yep. kinds of things. And I know I've said this before, but, you know, whenever you inject a human into a, 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 a thing, it is going to go sideways. And we're going to hit, you know, to me, you know, for the autonomous cars and all of these things to really become a real thing, you have to get rid of the humans. And I think we yeah. are in the last few generations that will actually drive cars in especially Why in not? cities we, and stuff like we that. we were the last for many things like you know certain musical tapes and cds and dvds yeah. and vhs but, i mean you remember and... back you know i don't remember back this far i mean maybe you do but you know in the 60s and 70s and you know where i mean cars were a thing and it's just the open road and all of that and now a, a good chunk of young people don't even want to drive at all but they're not interested. Like I'm not. I'm not interested in driving. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. But it's get definitely that. an like, age. They thing, don't but... grow up with it, so it's new, right? But... Yeah. And we're going to get to a point where, you know, the AI drives the car, and you just you're just a passenger. 
Because yep. you, well, you, you, you remove all kinds of human problems of, oh, well, this person just randomly just hit the brakes. Like, that doesn't make any sense. A, 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 you know, an autonomously driven car would never do that. Right. You well, cut down you on traffic, like, all kinds of things. Yeah, when you look at smart city, and smart city is the idea of being able to manage multiple cars, right, on the road and in those locations. And yeah. I, I agree with you. There could be one of the biggest problems is people do the caterpillar kind of effect for driving. When we all stop at a stoplight or we stop for traffic, instead of starting again at the same speed, everyone waits to go. So we create huge gaps of white space between the cars of everybody starting and stopping, and it just keeps making it worse and worse. Instead of realizing when the car in the front hits his gas, you also should be starting to move. So everybody moves in line. We, We can't seem to do this. Automated cars would do that. They would yeah. learn how to get rid of traffic, get rid you, of that, uh, that pileup. It can even actually go further with, if you were to have autonomous cars and no humans, you don't need traffic lights. You know it, like, you know exactly where each car yeah. is. You know exactly where each car is. You know exactly where they're going. The cars can talk to one another, all of those kinds of things. You don't need a stoplight to say, hey, like, these cars need to go this way because we're going this way. It's no, you just go and they, and you're you're in good shape. Except for and, me, the one guy who wants to keep his Jeep and keep it as a <laughs> you know gas guzzling enjoy off road, and I'm going to drive where I want. But as soon as I die, everybody else will be fine. You know, it's well, like, I mean, it's a generational thing, right? Like we're used to driving. I I drive all the time. I love road trips. I, I think road trips will still exist, but you're still going to have ways of like getting out. But once you get into cities. I mean, they're already talking about it in New York. Why? I think in cities, you know, how it's do you be... stop cars from being in Manhattan? Like, yeah, that's going to happen before too long. You just don't drive into there, or it's going to cost you so much money to drive into right. there. Nobody will. Right. Well, they've been trying that with mass transit. Boston did, you know, the big dig. If you remember from the big dig, oh, yeah. and that was to Absolutely. give more areas in the city to walk around, and it's great I, and it's beautiful. I love Boston. Um, I'm going to share this on here, and since we're trying out a a new interface for recording here. We're going to try one of the features, and one of them is share. So let's see if this works. Because I don't know what it's going to let me share. <laughs> we're, we're about to find out. All right. So look at this. I like this. This is good. So have yeah. you heard of Zooks? I I only have because you sent me this link a couple of days ago. <laughs> Did I? Okay. I but outside I of that, it. no, I've never, I've not heard of, I've heard of this before. So this thing is fully autonomous. When you sit in it, it's kind of like being in, I think it looks like an old stagecoach from when we watch TV, you know? Yeah. You should have horses in the front. Very comfortable inside of this. Um, see if they show the inside. No, they don't show the inside. Yeah. Um, it is a fully autonomous vehicle. Inside, the seats face each other. So yeah. four people, you face each other. There's a place to, re- to charge your phone. You get your own independent control panel for music and things like that. There is no steering wheel. No one's driving it. It's fully autonomous. This is going to replace taxi cabs, I think, yeah. and it's going to replace kind of how you get into the city. Now, if you take what you said, you could basically drive into um, – you could basically drive up to the city, and they would have a place where you kind of park your car, let's say. Yeah. Then you get on to these, and you take your trip into the rest of the city. So it's it's like a transition point. Yeah. Yeah. You either have to jump on a train or you, you know, these individual. Or one of these cabish yeah. vehicles, you know. Yeah. And 
you know, there's the like there's an interesting transition when you go back like in the earlier 1900s for you know streets used to be for pedestrians and used to walk and all of those kinds of things and then cars took over um i'm gonna mess this up but i know a little bit like the term jaywalker is actually a term they used to give to try to get people off the road so basically trying to get cars to take over in the early earlier there's a whole story behind it i'm not going to bastardize the whole thing but that's my understanding of of, it was a a term the automotive industry gave to people that were walking in the streets and then they actually got it into law where you can't cross streets unless you're in you know at an intersection through these other things and and really making things car first and you're gonna you know with a lot of these other things that are there you're gonna see this transition of back to pedestrians with cars being secondary and i think that's great for a lot of cities too because having gotten hit by a car in atlanta on a scooter which was fun um i would rather have scooters and places to walk around and not have to worry about the cars in the city than than not because people are not paying attention anyway like could you could you imagine manhattan without all the cars without all the honking Without all of the like, it'd be it'd be such a different world. It it's it almost really like weird, part of actually, the beauty of it of just the noise. But like, yeah. it would be so weird to not have all of that. Yeah, it would be strange because theoretically, if you remove the roads, you couldn't walk the whole thing. It takes uh, it's uh, several miles down. I mean, I've yeah. taken people on a, a tour of New York up and down once, and I think it's twelve oh, or yeah. fifteen miles of it's walking. It's a long way around. Yeah. Uh, but if you had, if you changed it so you had like these zooks or something else on there, you could let the trees and stuff grow more between the buildings. You should yeah. let more greenery kind of grow in because it wouldn't yeah. have all the pollution either. You'd end up having more oxygen. Mm-hmm. It'd be more comfortable to walk around because it would be, you know, you don't have to worry about the cars. You didn't yeah. have all the dirt. You didn't have all the delivery vehicles, which would be a problem still. How do you get the the stuff in well and you'd still need you would still need streets and you would still need roads but you you would make you would it would be something along the lines of like you can't drive in here from 6 a.m until 8 p.m and then the delivery people come in the trash trucks come in and all those kinds of things or we do like the big dig did and you have certain roads that are driving and certain roads that are now parks yeah yeah yeah. so you're you're reducing traffic overall which is a great idea because you could take like broadway let's say and broadway no longer is a main road that comes through now it's a park road yeah so you literally have a park that goes through the whole city yeah that's for walking you can also see like the cafes and stuff moving more i mean you're already seeing it a lot where you know you get more of the street side cafes and everything else it would be a It'd be, an, it'd be a really beautiful transformation of of the city and then allowing some greenery back into it. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, so the other thing... So there's, yeah, there's... Theoretically talking about CES in here, I shared a video with you earlier because this thing was freaking cool. Um, my girlfriend's dad was heavy equipment for years and we talk about what he did and you know the guys that run those machines are so good at what they do over years of experience that you tell them to skim you know the the ground and take an eighth of an inch or a a quarter of an inch of dirt off because i need to put the foundation at exactly this level yeah and they do that they don't use computers or anything else they could do that by flags in their eye like it was great 
now we're in the 20 we're in in the future 20 25 25 let's pick a number for fun right (laughs) and and it's like i can see this on the moon building stuff on the moon so i'm gonna have fun again i'm gonna do a screen share so because we're gonna get used to putting this video out here now this thing was amazing and this was i don't know if you'll hear the audio that's a good test too yeah we can hear it this thing was the next generation of you know excavator for this one but the end actually changes they have drill bits they have uh loaders they have all kinds of different connections for this thing but it literally is fully autonomous the guy's controlling it with like a nintendo wii controller off on the side a pretty amazing piece of technology um where's my stop sharing there we go so this thing the guy is sitting behind it he's got a giant like 40 inch screen in front of him he's got like a wii controller (laughs) he's controlling this thing in atlanta we're in las vegas he's got it in a field out in las vegas and it was not this exact one but the same technology yeah and he's working in the field and showing how this is going to work in the future where you could be anywhere sit anywhere and work on these devices. What I thought was really cool is uh, there's a whole group of retired individuals who have done hard, you know, heavy equipment for years that might not want to work out three o'clock in the morning in the cold on the machine anymore. But I'm sure you could use their experience, and now you have a whole new workforce you could bring back to run these these automated machines because they know how they work and you know what it feels like and everything else. You just yeah. need to teach them how to use a game controller. Okay. There, so there's a um, a bit of a the same kind of that's a little bit of a basically the same kind of thing. But uh, NASA is working with Boston Dynamics on a so you've seen kind of the running dog that yeah, yellow the robotic kind of dog, dog that yep. can run all over everything. They are you know we've sent the the Mars rovers that have wheels, you know, uh, Curiosity and, um, uh, what's the other one? Curiosity and, I forget the other, name of the other one. Um, of the rovers but, that went over your side, Yeah, yeah, right? they've been there forever. Um, they were supposed to last like 90 days and they lasted like 10 years. Um, but they're taking, they're taking these Boston Dynamics dogs and putting these interesting scientific equipment on them and they have fitted them with AI, and what they want to be able to do is, it, you know, the the rolling rovers take forever to get where they're going, and they're large and they get stuck. These kind of dogs, they actually want them to explore caves, and to autonomous, autonomously be able to go in, map caves, have um, they're gonna have they want to send like two or three of them, or more. And have yeah. one of them be able to go explore another one to have scientific equipment on it to be able to go extract minerals and be able to run tests on things. But essentially all through um, AI and remote control kind of telling them, hey, we want. Um, so with the the current rovers, it's they're giving them very plotted ways of, of exactly how they need to drive with the with these it's just i want you to go here you figure it out i don't need to tell you exactly where you need to go and how you need to do it but go here and let me know when you get there 
Right. And General it's, directions uh, and let it go. Yeah. It's it's a really cool kind of twist on what you were talking about of, you know, because that, you know, with, with, I guess the point I'm trying to make is if somebody is in Las Vegas and that, that kind of construction equipment is in Atlanta, you, you can control it real time because right. it's, you know, based on the speed of light, it's not that far away. Well, it's minute, well, it's what, 20 minutes, I believe, between here and Mars for a signal to be able to get there. So if you can't control something in real time because there's a 20 minute delay. Right. And so being able to add in kind of the AI pieces and having a, um, like those dogs, if you watch some videos, I mean, they can literally flip over, roll over, climb on rocks. If it's climbing a rock and it falls over, it just kind of gets back up. And it's, it is, it is incredibly impressive. Yeah. And it'd be very interesting to see what we do with those. Um, there'll be some story in the future. We probably won't hear of this rogue pack of dogs. That's, you know, attacking <laughs> things on Mars, but that's a whole different movie. <laughs> the the sci-fi folks are really going to have to step their game up because a lot of this stuff is really becoming a reality and it's, it is, um, it's impressive. Well, you think about it, right? It's your point. Sci-fi creates a lot of the reality. Somebody's thought of it years before. Yeah. You had the Dick Tracy and the watch, which is now is the yeah. Apple watch. Um, I robot and a lot of things that came from, you know, the, the robot series and, you know, from Asimov, like these things became real world yeah. now. Like yeah. these things are here. Who's writing? And there, there are books out there, but who's writing, you know, the next version of our sci-fi journey? Because right. it, it's amazing what's happening now. Imagine what 20 years and, you know, 50 years is going to look like. It, it's true. We are, stuff. we are moving in a, in a pace that is, is just incredible. Yeah. So the coolest thing I saw at CES, and I posted it on LinkedIn too, I think. I know I put it on Facebook, I think, but LinkedIn I did. And it was the LG TV. Did you see the, the transparent TV? I, I, I saw some pictures of it, but I, I don't know a whole ton about it. But I, I know you spent a lot of time kind of looking at it. I kept going back and I talked to them because it got my geeky brain going like, this thing was freaking awesome. So it, the simplest part of it is literally they figured out how to make all the parts transparent on the TV. You really could stand in front of this thing and look through it. And they have a black screen on the back of it. So if you want it to be more like a traditional TV, the black screen comes down. And then the blacks and everything on the screen are beautiful. And the picture quality was outstanding. I mean, it was really nice TV. And... Yeah, exactly. And they had an entire display that was the front of one of the buildings when you walked in. It was, I don't know, 30 TVs, something. I didn't count them, but it, it was yeah. huge. It was like four up and f uh, six or eight across, eight across, I think. It was huge. Wow. But what it makes me think of, like these videos or these pictures you're showing now, is you could have it be an aquarium in your room when you're not watching TV, and you could have an aquarium that plays on it or something else, and you or artwork like these, right? You could yeah. really leverage this TV in a different way. Now, it made me start thinking, if I can see through this, I can put this almost anywhere. I can do almost anything with this thing. I, yeah, I mean, the 
the I have a ton of ideas. I was giving you a spot to jump in just in case. Because no, I mean I'm honestly I'm, I am a I, I am I can soapbox on this. One I'm, for I'm, a long I'm baffled. Time. Like I, I know you got to see this and got to kind of go through the, but that's insane to Isn't me. It? This, this is amazing piece of tech. Now. Now, let's have fun with the idea, though, right? Because this is simple. Okay, I can watch TV. I can put it up against the wall, and it disappears until I need it. Or I can yeah. leave it like this, and, and I can put anything in that screen, right? But now the technology for the future is where I got excited. Yeah. Let's, let's say, because you and I own Jeeps. We like our Jeeps. Um, real Jeeps. Jeep yeah, we do. Wrangler Jeeps, not <laughs> fake. I bought from the company. Hey, what, what's Jeep, wrong by with my what's wrong with my compass? You don't like my Jeep compass? Come on, man. Yeah, it's not a compass. Don't wave at me. It's not a Jeep. Um, so, <laughs> um, yes, it's hard yes, to we see are behind... keeping the Jeep community here. Like we, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to see behind your vehicle, especially when you start yeah. lifting it up on bigger tires. What if the back of your hardtop, the entire glass for the back of the hardtop was this kind of tech where now when you went into reverse, right, yeah. you saw what was behind you as if, you know, nothing was there. Or what if this goes into a front windshield on a vehicle? So now this idea of tech is actually your windshield. And when you're driving in low light conditions, other tech in the car allows you to see a deer that's hiding on the side of the road. And it's actually highlighted in the da in the windshield and you can see it before you can actually see it. Like yeah. you can have heads up displays, you can have all kinds of wild stuff. And then my brain's thinking further because lifetime ago I went to school for architecture to design buildings. And I remember we had these, we had these windows that if you put electricity into them, you could tint the glass real time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what if you live in a crappy New York apartment that's, you know, three foot away from the next building and all you're looking in is your neighbor's window. If you had this kind of glass in the window, you can now have any kind of view. You could put yourself in the country. You could put yourself next to the ocean. So when you woke up and looked out your window, yeah, you, you know, the light's still coming through, but now you actually see a different view of, you know, what, the, what that <clears> looks <throat> like. like. My brain started thinking of like all these uses for, for transparent glass with the ability to put something into that glass. I, I I totally agree. There's a ton of interesting uses. The the one thing that stands out to me looking at this is like my wife does not like to have a TV everywhere. Nor nor like they're very intrusive. Um, yes. And when I look at this, it's it's a lot less intrusive. It it can almost blend into the background and unless you want it there it doesn't need to be there and i think that to me is is and it's still well you would know this better the at least from these pictures the the color quality and everything else looks really good it still was it was really good i was really impressed and so you could you know you could take and embed this into areas of your home and be able to I don't know, enjoy a, a, a football game or whatever, but then not have it be this gigantic intrusive thing right. that's, that is, takes up a large chunk of it. And like a great example here in my office, I have an 80 inch TV hanging on the wall and there is clearly an 80 inch TV hanging on the wall. Right. But it's a big black box until yeah, you turn it on. That's exactly right. And, and even with some of these, like, oh, you can put pictures on it. You can put, you know, 
a crackling fireplace or whatever. Right. But it's still like, no, there's just a gigantic TV trying to convince me that it's not a gigantic TV. This really does look like, you know, it kind of does blend into the background and, and you could do some really interesting things. Yeah, it was, it was really, really, really cool. Um, Especially having it like 20 foot tall or from what you said. I mean, here's, you know, a gigantic wall of these being able to, you know, convey information, you know, think about, I mean, yeah, there's just, there's a ton like sports. There's a ton of cool things you could do from a sports perspective. Like, you know, like if you're in hockey, you've got all the glass that's there. You could be able to, you know, when plays not, you could be doing advertising around, around it and have it not be so intrusive. There's, um, there's a bunch of cool things you, that just kind of spring to my head that be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. Yeah. I found the video. Let me show you the, oh, the yeah, one video yeah. I took of this. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's really, really, it. So if you look here before I start the video, you can see the people behind the, the TVs. Yeah. And as you can see, it's a huge, huge wall of TVs. So I did a quick shot of this because as they're playing the video on it, what was it? It was three by, what is that, five? But you could see everyone behind it and they were moving it around and they were really creating this effect of it. But yeah. very impressive. Even the video doesn't do it justice. But these things were amazing. And then what they did is they put the, the black down on the back there and then it starts to become no longer transparent now it works like a normal tv yeah and it uh it was just it was impressive it uh, yeah i that it, I, I bet you the seeing it in person is a whole heck of, of a lot TV. different yeah it's going to change the future of tv definitely yeah i think that was my best video from that I got to stop sharing. I can't show all the pictures. You know? Uh, you know. <laughs> we're going to have to get you to take more video next time. Yeah, that was like you and I talked about. Now that we're doing more and more video, now we want to think about it from a video standpoint. Yeah. And, and how do we get you know, more of this content? Because we're usually in pretty interesting locations. And yeah. I, I, let's see, especially these last two conferences I went to. That was really, really amazing stuff. Um, things were not even you know, covering on here specific that I walked by booths with things I've not seen before. I saw the new cars. There's a lot of new things they're doing around, you know, the electric cars, electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, even heavy equipment is pretty amazing. It looked like stuff from sci-fi movies, but like, you know, John Deere, Caterpillar, a lot of companies like that. Um, Bobcat, Bobcat has this cool 100% electric um you know, uh, Bobcat for doing construct, you know, commercial construction still, yeah. but it looks like it's from a, a sci-fi movie because it doesn't have the same cabin and stuff on it anymore. So it was really wild. Yeah. Cause um, you just don't they- need, you don't need the people. Right. Um, you need warm weather though, because the batteries don't work in the cold. Well, that's, like. that is a, that's a whole different problem. <laughs> they did have in the back of that booth. It was really cool. And if you went in the back, they had a, a barista, so it was a fully robotic barista that was back there to make drinks or coffee. And hmm. that I think we're going to start seeing in some places, though. Yeah. I don't know if I like the idea or not somewhat, but I drink black coffee, so we shouldn't screw that up. But 
the interaction with people is nice, right? If we start taking all That's of that right. away, you know, do uh-huh. we lose do we lose a piece of that in if, the interaction, you know? If I have never had any kind of a conversation with a chatbot that I have found to be fulfilling in almost any way. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, so say, so I got into an argument with a chatbot at Amazon one time trying to return something, but take that out of it. Even if I had a successful interaction with a chatbot that it got me exactly what I want. So there's, I have a problem. I need to return something. It was broken. It was whatever. Like the chatbot did it for me. And it's like, okay, fine. Yep. I got the problem solved. Fine. But if you talk to a person, they can kind of empathize with you. You can hear them. You can kind of complain to them for a second. And then they're like, you know what? We got it all solved. And you know what? We're going to refund you, whatever. And you leave that and you go, oh yeah, like that, that was nice. Like, you know what? I feel better about that whole thing. Exactly. I've had some kind of validation from some other person that like, yep, this was a problem. We solved it for you. Move on. Like that just doesn't happen when you're talking to a computer and you know, no matter how good a burger flipping robot or a barista making coffee gets, I still think there's going to be people wanting to have some kind of human interaction. Yeah, otherwise it's transactional, and transactional becomes very flat and gray, and there's no life in it. And it, like you said, that call, the the robot took care of what you needed it to do, but it was transactional. You didn't yeah. leave. You left going, okay, task is done. Not, yeah. oh, I feel better. I got to. I didn't have half of a shrink on it. Nobody, nobody made me feel better. You know, it was like I needed, I needed well, that little extra. It, you know, <clears throat> I kind of think about it in in really kind of two different ways, like. There's days where I just want a black coffee. Like, just give me a coffee. I'm, I'm going to do something like, but then there's days that I go to a coffee shop and I sit right. there and I'll do some writing or do some research or do some whatever. And like, you know, that type of interaction, I really want to talk to a person and I'm going to the coffee shop to sit there and do things because I want to kind of be around people. There right. is a purpose for both of those. It's just, can you turn them into viable businesses? Maybe. But yeah. if, if I am buying a coffee from a robot, I'm not going to pay $8 for it. Correct. Like, but if I'm, if I'm buying coffee from a human, I probably would be more likely to pay $8 for it. There might be a hybrid where you find like drive throughs right? How do I yeah. automate a piece of a drive through Because those people are not looking for the interaction. They're looking for an item. That's that right. is a transactional event. I'd like a number three space. with a large Coke, please. Like... Okay, yeah. good enough. I don't need a human for that. Right. Um, precision for cutting and things like that. So maybe sous chefs are mixed with some of the tools to help them do things a little better. Though, again, I would rather not take these jobs away from a lot of people. So this is not where I think tech should be focused. But well, to me, you know. like those problems come down to cost. And... They've been talking about the, you know, McFlippy burger, like making Mm. machine for 20 years, it seems like. And it, to me, it's always going to come down to just like for every business, it's going to come down to what does this thing cost and what can I get from it? And if I have to go buy an $80,000, $100,000, like burger flipping machine that can only do 
60% of what I need to do to actually run my burger restaurant, then I still have to have these people like that's a huge capital cost to go buy. Yeah. To maintain to all of those kinds of things. Are you going to get the value out of that? I, I don't know. And not I, if you I can't do a hundred percent. I agree with you. And I've not seen a, a single burger flipping machine mm-hmm. outside of things like CES or other kind of shows like that. Yeah. Because I, the, to me, the ROI is just not going to be there. Like they're interesting. Yeah. They're fun, but I, I don't know. And that's the, that's yeah. always the interesting thing about some of these like CES type shows of this is Quite really cool stuff, off. but is it really, you know, commercial commercially ready? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Right. It's where a lot of ideas die off. They go there, they try it, nobody picks up. We got lost in the basement of one of the buildings, and the place is so big that in the basement, you can go around the world. I have no better name for it. Literally, it's subsections of every country. It's named by country, and it's the ability of, you know, small companies, startups, and everyone else to come in and get a booth down here in this lower area and yeah. say, these are the companies from uh, Italy. These were Serbia. This was Germany. This was, you know, and there were different areas. You could walk through, yeah. and it was tiny little booths hmm. about the size of a bathroom for some of them. And it was tiny. And they were selling really cool tech, or, you know, you'd see a lot of the same things sometimes, but it was yeah. really cool tech. If you were looking to find your next Shark Tank item and go do that, like this was the place to go look for products. It's a... Um, um, it reminds me of Canal Street. Like, hey man, you want you want to realize you want to realize purse? Like, I got I got all the stuff you need, man. You just got to follow me into this weird building down two flights yeah, yeah. of stairs to looks where like you're gonna get murdered into this little like walled off, like you know plywood shit like little <laughs> thing to open up. Like, hey man, here we go. Yeah, the guy so walks weird. over to the back of his car and opens up the hatchback in the back, and you know. Uh. I got what you need. I'm yeah. sure it's not so, that creepy, but that's what, when you started saying that, that's really what it made me, what it reminded but that's me of. that's what it looks like, but it's the CES version of it. But I mean, it yeah. was some really cool stuff, but it was your small vendors that were trying to find, like, we walk up to one guy and he's not looking at us, he's not talking to us as if we're a consulting company wanting to do work with him. Yeah. His thought was, do you want to buy it? Or are you someone who's online that can help me market it? Yeah. That's all he wanted was you, you either help sponsor me or you could buy it. That's their, their <laughs> brains were like focused on. Like it was a different part of the conference. It was cool to see, yeah. but it was very different than like the one floor up or the next building over kind of, yeah. of, yeah, yeah. of thought process. Um, very interesting and amazing things that we see there though. And it would, it would be cool for everybody to go see it once if you're into technology. Like it yeah. is, it is worth the trip. I mean, it is. For the days we were there, we didn't see all of it. There's so much stuff I couldn't even get to. And if nothing else, it spawns ideas in the brain to help you to think about, you know, what, what could be, you know, yeah. what is, what does the future look like? And, uh, if nothing else also, I got to talk to so many amazing, smart people about so much cool tech, you know, it gets your brain really thinking about what is the future and where's this going to go and who, where can I help? Right? Like, is there projects and things that you can assist with, you know, and it's, it's really, really cool stuff. Yeah. There's, there's one, like one class of elect, like of tech that I'm really hoping that they can really iron out. And I would have checked it out if I was there, but womp womp, I wasn't there, but 
I, um, so my, my, my wife's Asian, her family's all Asian. They all migrated to the U S and a lot of them either speak kind of broken English or like her mother doesn't speak English at all. And there's a couple cool translators there that I would have been very interested to, to kind of hear where there's plenty of times where I sit around the Thanksgiving or, or new years and, and everyone's speaking a different language and I'm trying to keep up the best that I can. And people are trying to keep me up the best that they can, but I'm clearly the odd man out and yeah. I would love to be able to find a good translator that just keeps spitting back whatever words it can pick up and just to keep me up to speed with the conversation. So I can try to inject, you know, my thoughts whenever I can. Because yeah, yeah. me was, sitting uh, around a table with people talking and me not talking is just not, a, it's not what I do very often. No, and, especially uh, when you like to talk, right? So, yeah. um, a bunch of sci-fi movies. What was it? Farscape as one that came to mind and stuff. And they yeah. had that where it was like either you put an uh, earplug in your ear that did it dynamically. Yeah. Or it was like this thing they injected into the body that allowed them to understand every language from every culture. Like it was a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, and I've yet to been able to find one that works. Yeah. I would love it. It could be really Are you learning awesome. a language. I got my index cards for what I, I'm doing. You know, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Like, oh, it's a pain in the ass. Uh and, you know, Vietnamese might be the hardest language spoken outside no, of like Serbian. Mandarin and other things like that. Like, it's just, it's incredible to go from English to that is, is really hard. And I've not been able to pull it off, but yeah, I would love for technology just to speak it into my ear. Like, tell me what's happening, man. Like, and I've not found anything that can, that can do it conversationally. Yeah. Where that... it's like, okay, well, like Google translator and other things, like you can talk to it and it's going to give you it, but if there's multiple people talking, <clears throat> it, it just can't keep up. And so it turns into this, it just gives up. And so you end up getting nothing. And it would be really great to, for something like that to come up. But I don't know. They I don't know if it'll ever have the processing power. You need a cab, right? Yeah. Yeah. I looked up the other day for... Uh... Hardest languages, trying to figure out. And Hungarian is actually number one. Really? Yep. And uh, I would not have Serbian guessed. Serbian uh... was one I looked up. And then you had, so Vietnamese 10, Thai 11, Korean 12, Japanese 13. There you go. Chinese 14. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds about right. <clears throat> yeah. To go from Western languages to Eastern languages, super difficult. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um... I did a quick search to see because I wasn't in the section there for any of that. Um, and I don't even see that they had something specifically at CES. Yeah, there was, um, it was called like the Vasco translator is the okay. only thing that I found, which actually made me think of that where it was like, oh, well, we have three people talking and I would love to see an actual demo of it because, you know, if you're having a conversation of like, Oh, hi. How are you? Stop. Pause three seconds. I'm doing really great. How are you? Stop. Pause three seconds. Like, you know, if you're having that kind of a conversation, can you do it? Yes. Is that a conversation? No, no not really. That one you just found looking at their website says it can speak 76 languages, photo translation for 108, text for 90, uh, no data limits, 0.5 second 
is how fast it works. So under a second for response. Yeah. Um, five inch screen on it, so you can read what it's translating. Oh. As well okay. as it has a speaker. And it comes in colors. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you gotta you gotta throw in a little little bit of a little variety there. Why not? Yeah, that's a cool idea. I like your idea because mm -hmm. uh, the more I'm traveling internationally and the more countries I go to, you know, you, you try to do the best you can to learn the basics, be polite, learn right. learn the language, but to be completely fluent enough to walk into a restaurant and order something to eat maybe or get a, a taxi cab somewhere, yeah. right? That That's difficult. That's right. And bringing up Google Translate, typing it in and then waiting for them to read it is, they're nice about it. But you feel bad, like um, this is difficult, you know. Mm -hmm. Like so, it's and a good point I also feel up. bad trying to say like, I know I'm the odd person out here, but I expect you to be able to speak my language, and not yeah. not the other way around. And you know, it's just not a very good way of doing it, as far as I'm concerned. And you feel disconnected because you under you don't, and this still can't help with it, but you don't understand the context of the discussion either, because that's right, you know. You maybe can translate part of it, but you're not really picking up exactly yeah. what the the point is, maybe. That's right. So, yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying yeah. to old school index cards. Old school in me was trying to, to back out of some of the tech and see if it was better. Because I paid for an app, and the app online was okay. But, yeah. you know, it required... What I like about the apps, kind of like this tool you were saying even, is you can hear it at least. So I can try to learn the vocabulary... And the index cards, I think, are more just for that general repetition. But if yeah, you don't know general how to say knowledge. it, you're just going to learn it wrong. So the the mix of the tech and mm. non-tech, I think, is a, an interesting way to try to, to put it in. The thing you well, have this to is do, a spot I guess, where is, like AI has actually helped out quite a bit. Because um, I've I've been trying off and on to learn to speak Vietnamese for three and a half years now, four years. Yeah. And. I've actually seen AI help quite a bit because the, when I first started it, the, the kind of the apps and those kinds of things would be just teaching you like random sentences. Yeah. When that's interesting, like, okay, well, I can, I can speak this random sentence. Like, you know, that girl has a blue balloon. Like, that's just not super helpful. Yeah. How often but, are you using that during your day? <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a lot. Not a lot. Um, but it seems like they've made a transition towards using, you know, AI, AI models in general, like ML, like that kind of thing to what are the kind of common phrases and things that you would actually need? What are the most yeah. common words that you would want to know? And it, it, it's using a, a bunch of those different types of thinking to be able to build, you know, if you only know 30% of a language, what is the best 30% of that language that you could know? Right. Like, I may not be able to know what a tractor is called in the other language, but I know what a car and a truck is, like right. those kinds of things. And so it's, it's helping people, or it was like helping me trying to, to funnel those things in and be able to speak things that actually, actually matter in, in some ways. Yeah. I mean, Leah and I doing, because so my pile here is for Italian, and it was a language that years ago I tried to learn, but like you said, I was just doing single vocabulary words, and yeah. there was no real context. It wasn't 
in the context of conversation, this has been cool because we decided let's let's think about this in the context of what we say. Most people barely use most of the English language or any language. Yeah. You usually say the same things every day or some variation of the same things every day. So we started paying attention to, well, what are the sentences I really say? Good morning. How did you sleep? Do you want coffee? What do you want for dinner? Like, you know, that stuff. Um, and by doing that, we subsetted down a smaller version of the language and then started practicing that. And then from there, you start learning some, you know, um, additional vocabulary words, I guess, that you could, you know, post in and out because you're learning the format. Instead yeah. of getting stuck in the grammar like we used to do, like you're saying, where, you know, you're reading about how to do sentence structure and everything else. When's the last time you saw a young kid learning a language by first learning the sentence structure? No, they copied their <laughs> parents and they learned it as a kid, you know? That's right. Yeah, I, I heard... I, I, I'm going to butcher this. And I, I, I was just trying to look it up and I can't find it of real time. But it's something like... 120 words make up like half of every book. And so like if, if you think about the actual like content density of a, of a book, it's it's there's so many filler words, especially in English that don't really get to the point until, you know, you, you, you know, so you have all of this stuff and it's just you can really condense it down into a, a good chunk of words. I'll have, I'll have to find it. I can't remember exactly what it was, and I can't seem to quite quite find it. But it's yeah. it was a very very interesting AI stat when I heard it. And it doesn't understand my question, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I can't describe the it. Book well is enough. fifty thousand to one hundred thousand words, but that's not what I asked. That's <laughs> no. a that's basically the size of an epic novel, right? Yeah. That's not what I was. Yeah. But I I I agree with you because that's where the twenty percent thing came from. As I read once that you you only had to learn twenty percent of the vocabulary to have most general, simplistic, but most general conversation. So if you were using it for travel or to be polite. So like when her family came over, if you had 20% of the language, you can at least say, hello, nice to see you. You know, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Yeah. My name yeah. is, what's your name? Where do you live? You know, like all the basic stuff. Well, so, you know, if you, if you say like, I am going to take a flight to Europe. The only, the only really words there that matter are I flight Europe. You could, you could take sure. all of the rest of that sentence out. And those are really, if you were to say I flight Europe, you would still know what I'm talking about. Right. You'd laugh it, because I sound like a one year or two year old, you know, but yeah. you, you'd know what I meant. Yeah. yeah. And so if you were to, you know, again, like the, back to the, like there's so much filler and all kinds of other things that have made their way into language and. We don't speak like Neanderthals anymore, <laughs> but you know, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. And, and I would love, I hope that, you know, with more like, you know, people want to use LLMs for all kinds of things that they shouldn't be used for. And like these yeah. AI kind of models for things they shouldn't be used for. I really hope someone spends some time and can figure out some of this stuff yeah. because, you know, we both, work for multinational global type companies. And there are plenty of times where I wish I could at least acknowledge the fact that someone's speaking Portuguese and be able to, you know, have something to say and not yep. just, man, you're going to have to speak English to me because I have no idea what you're saying at all in Portuguese. Yeah. 
I um I feel bad sometimes because I can't speak the language um, to communicate with somebody and be more respectful to be able yeah. to do both because I don't know their language. I have never learned it or I've never been even slightly like it took Spanish in high school like everybody else. I remember most of my Spanish to a point. I can hear it and understand more of it than okay. I can speak it. But if I have to, I can use some and try. Like you said, I speak like I'm a two-year-old. But, yeah. you know, I know where the bathroom is. I need a couple beers and, and I, I got to go to work, you know. <laughs> I said, trabajo. You know, I got to go to work. <laughs> and uh, like I remember certain words and I can do that. But then you come across another language like um, Serbia and Serbian I had come across and I can't read it on a page, but I know what it is as soon as I see it. No. What it means, just that that's what that is. And uh, I had said to the one person I'm talking to, oh, I'll, I'll try to learn it. Maybe that'd be cool. They see the basics and they, everybody laughs at me because it's one of the hardest languages to learn. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> I look it up and almost every word has a variation of gender adjustment to it. So yeah. it's even harder than most language learning that we have to do coming from English because Normally, languages like Italian, the language I was learning, the words have masculine or feminine identifiers to it, but they don't change. It's it either is one or the other. Some of these other languages, I bet Hungarian is probably doing the same thing. Then the yeah. languages actually have even another set of rules that say, but if you put this and this in the sentence, now you have to go back and change all these other words. And like, say, oh my god, yeah, um, like it. It's like they made it hard on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show the root of them is different, right? Like, yeah. because there's like the, you know, Asian languages had their very different root. Latin languages had their very different root. And, you know, yeah. there's many ways to get to the same end. It's just going to look different along the way. There was this really cool image I saw. Oh, here it is. This thing was really, really cool. Um, I don't know who created it, but... I appreciated it because um, I do actually have an interest in languages, even though I'm horrible at learning them. Um, I can still have respect and I have respect for anybody who can learn languages as quick as they do. So this thing was really cool. And this showed exactly what you kind of said is if you looked here, you could see where it started from. Was it, you know, European and went to Germanic or romantic? Was it Slavic based, Indic based? Like it was a really cool tree that showed. Yeah. Okay. If I learn English and I'm on the side, what's the next closest language I could try to pick up? That wouldn't be too hard. You might go do German or French. But yeah. if you go all the way to Bengali on the left side, yeah. it's going to be kind of hard. Like, <laughs> 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 you know, and uh, I was looking at this when I was trying to figure out, OK, what language do you really want to try to learn? because you have to figure out what it fits now the funny thing is if you look down in the bottom there's a little root that's not even on the tree and that's where hungarian yeah. is it's not even attached is that finnish as well and finnish yeah and Sama sami and estonian maybe mm. i don't even know those yeah. um so pretty much if you want to learn that language there's going to be no commonalities to any other language you've ever heard yeah like yeah. that's wild you know well, and I've even, I believe this was like with French, it's like 40 something percent of the language is the same. But when I look at French or I hear French people speaking, I'm like, no, I don't hear this. Like almost 50% overlap means I should understand about half of the words that you're saying. And right. I, I don't, I don't at all. Like I don't hear, like, I feel like I hear every, like one out of every three sentences. And it's, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting how that shakes out. 
Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, it's funny we've added a show to a show, but um, <laughs> as we always do. But I, I do think I think language in itself and a lot of these other things are very interesting. And I do, as we were saying, with AI, the tools coming out at CS and all this. Yeah. I think we will see something at some point. But I don't know. I'd like your idea that tool. If I could wear that on my, uh, put it in my pocket and it was listening and I put my headphones on or even an earpiece in. Yeah. And it just did it dynamically. Then at least I could try to interact faster. Because if it said, if it translated it and then my, in my ear told me what the response would be, but also told me it in English first. So it quickly said, this is what you're going to say. Say it like this. So right? if, if, if I could make a, if I could make my own device, what it would actually do is it would have a device that was listening, have something in my ear, and that something in my ear is trying to just translate whatever words it hears. Like it doesn't, I don't care who's saying it. Don't try to be like, oh, well, there's five people in the, no, no, don't care. Just give me words to my ear and then every like as quickly as it can on the device on the screen using an llm to summarize what it thinks it's actually happening okay it's like you know back to like that that sentence i gave before i fly europe okay well i i I caught those three words and someone's flying to europe like and just try to like summarize it up like yep give me the babble in my ear but then summarize it up so that i can go oh they're talking about whatever or what just having a good understanding of the general direction of the conversation and then it's like oh we're talking about cars and like oh i like cars (laughs) you know whatever and just try to try to be a part of the conversation or you know whatever and and not be and not be intrusive yeah you know it's like oh can can you know can someone give me a a general recap of what you know like uh, you know nobody wants to be that person no and it sucks to have to ask i uh you remind me of a conversation i had with an older gentleman when i was in austria and he was telling me about this car that he had and it was a cool really old old car and i didn't speak enough german so everything was trying to explain it in two different languages not understand either because he didn't speak english yeah and he's just pointing to things and i'm just making facial expressions and hand gestures to try to show like excitement of like that's really cool it's it had hit like the car had like hidden seats and it had like all this other cool stuff and a really old engine and it It was a really really old car and and it was in mint condition and uh it's a very hard conversation to have with no ability to translate on either side yeah yeah um struggle is real struggle is real but i hope i hope uh you know, come next CES, be able to go check some things out and be like, ha ha, somebody listened to what I was saying and they built me exactly what I want. Take my money and give me whatever it is that you have. Yeah. Next year, we'll go under the podcast. That way you can come too. We'll both go and uh, we'll go and we'll do a live. We'll do a live cast show from yeah. there or something. Yeah. And be able to try to catch, you know, here's all the cool things that we found and all that, that lovely stuff. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, well, we'll get it figured out for next year. We're just getting, we're just getting this train, this train started, and um, you know, we'll figure out where to go from there. Exactly. Well, well this, this has been fun, this man. Was I, fun. I, uh, there's a whole bunch. Like, we could spend six hours talking about the cool stuff at CES, but um, you know, it, it, 
I love, you know, the, the, just the concept of the show of, you know, bring the coolest stuff you've done, bring your one-offs, get, get feedback from people, see where yep. you're going from there. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, see what you can put into your real products and, and, uh, it's cool stuff. And I, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to hear more about it. Yeah. And it was a huge show. Like I said, a hundred, I think under, but around 150,000 people or whatever, it's truly global. Everyone from the world came there. It was such an amazing experience. So it was cool. I, uh, I think it'd be fun if we go next year. Yeah. Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, man. Well, till Thank next you, time. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, my friend.